Just open your hands if you would. Jesus, in this holy time, in this holy moment, on this holy day, we present ourselves again before you as living sacrifices, our reasonable and acceptable worship to you. Jesus, that you might not only inform us today, but transform us by the renewing of our minds so that we will know and understand your perfect and good will. So Jesus, come and speak to us now out of the fullness of who you are. You who are the living eternal word, come and speak your specific now word for this day, for this hour, for this moment, for this people. We receive with gladness, Lord God, your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, there's one located right in front of you. If you would find that and uh, you can turn, let me see. I'll even tell you what page it is that I'm having you turn to, or if somebody gets there quicker than me, you can tell me. Hebrews chapter 12, which is located on page 852 in the Bible, located in the seat rack in front of you. This summer we uh, did a sermon series entitled Take Off, which is uh, out of Hebrews chapter 12. The first three verses of Hebrews 12 are pretty well-known, running for your life, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We heard that prayed this morning as George was praying for Vijoy and and, uh, Roxanne. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, he is the pioneer, the author, the beginner, and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, over the summer, we looked at several things that we uh, need to take off in order to run for our life. We looked at things like pride, anger. Envy, gluttony, lust. Seven different sins that easily weights that entangle our lives and keep us from running fully the life that God has for us to run. You can go to the website, you can download those messages, you can get PowerPoint and CDs of those in the back if you'd like more information about what it is that we are being invited to take off. This morning, I have a word to kind of close out this series, an exclamation point even to what we've been receiving today through the testimonies and songs that have been sung by the choir. The word that I have to bring you, and I believe this was the day the Lord had it. I was supposed to preach it a couple weeks ago, and I never got to preaching. But it's the word, I believe, for this day, for this hour, for this house, and for this people, and for this choir. And the word is this, keep running, keep running. At the end of Hebrews chapter 12, you'll find these words in sort of the middle portion of Hebrews 12. So if you've got your Bible, look with me there because we're going to be referring back to this over the course of the message today. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. And the therefore is there because right before that he talks about discipline and we've talked about I did a message about that, about 
keeping your head up in the midst of discipline of the Lord. But he says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, for without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. No no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See to it that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. We've got a few simple things to encourage your hearts with today. I want to build you up. I want to put a hand on your back today to keep running. And they're embedded in the scripture that we're looking at here this morning. The first word that I have for you today is this. Run tough. Run tough. The writer of Hebrews actually quotes here Isaiah chapter 35 Verse 3 and 4. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. All of us have times where our knees begin to knock and our hands and arms feel feeble. And the Word of the Lord at that moment to you and to your hearts and the Word that the Lord wants to speak to you today, even in the choir, even here in this house, wherever it is that you are, the Word of the Lord to you right now is this. Be strong. Do not fear, your God will come. I've walked with the Lord a long time, and I do have to say this. He isn't often early, but he's always on time. In a little while, his little while and my little while are a little different. Fifty years ago, in Decision Magazine, there was this editorial. I want to encourage you with it again this morning. Listen to this. It's as relevant now as it was then. So, things are becoming a little rough and you want to quit. The pressure is too great, you say. No one appreciates your effort to spread the gospel. The government has closed your missionary bookstore, your hospital. Some religious bigot is inciting people to try to break up your meetings. People in the office are complaining about your Christian witness. They say that your halo fits too tight. Neighbors are beginning to look upon you as a nuisance. Someone wrote a letter in which he implied that your ideas were fanatical. Your family says you're old-fashioned and should stop forever going to that church. So now you're ready to pull out, to cave in, to switch to something else. Enough is enough, you say. We, of course, do not know your circumstances, but we're going to throw away all of the psychology books and offer a suggestion anyway. It's rather a crude Western expression. Hang tough. Like a ranch hand riding a steer in the common coinage, don't give up. 
Things are going to get better for you. We know that they will. Not because tomorrow is another day or anything like that, but because God has promised it to His children. Read the promise in Isaiah 54, 7 and 8. It may seem that it was written just for you. God never promised His children that dark days wouldn't come. He promised that fulfillment would follow. Just as the angels came and ministered to our Lord after the temptation, so God will send His blessing to you. He will give you Himself. Someday we believe that you will see that the things you are now going through were necessary in God's wisdom to prepare you for what He has in store for you. I was just telling the lit apprentices on Thursday... When we each shared our story, my story has dark chapters too. And when I was in college, I went into a black hole of depression that I thought I would never come out of. And I was desperate and thought I was dying. And that experience was the experience I didn't know it at the time because I wasn't even planning to go into ministry, but that was the experience that I look back on as having prepared my heart to even be a pastor. Because the height of joy you will experience is in direct proportion to the depth of sorrow that you have gone through. You thought it was an attack on your integrity. Back to our editorial here. God will give you a meaningful growth experience out of it. You do not have to try to make sense of life every minute, for God has already made sense of it. How foolish then to throw in the towel right now. Did you imagine that the Christian life was to be all golden slippers in the golden streets? What do you imagine the Bible's talking about when it speaks of overcomers? You say you want out? Why? No courage? Are you afraid to face life? It may be that you'll have to look squarely at certain things as a parent, as a young person, as a church worker, as a human being. You've deliberately avoided a certain matter taking the easy way out. All right then, gird up your loins and go after it. The way to face the music is to face it. Don't stand there waiting and telling people you can't take the pressure. Let God take it for you. That's why he's God. He is our strength and shield. The Bible says a very present help in trouble. Remember, there's no such thing as a weak-kneed Christianity. Christ builds strong knees through prayer. You say you've had to take one setback after another, that at times it seems hidden forces arranged against you, that life has played you a dirty trick, but why should any of these things keep you from bobbing back? Look who is in front of you. When the army shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The gospel has other words for other days. But the word today is, stay in there. Persevere. Show your mettle. Hang tough. Strike a blow for Jesus Christ in spite of everything. For if you give in now, you may lose far more than you realize. But if you stick with it and with God, there is everything to gain. Run tough. Persevere. In your running. Just keep going. Run true. Again, the Hebrew writer quotes from Proverbs. He says, Proverbs says, look, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Run true, fix your eyes. I've shared this before. In fact, I shared it at Teen Challenge uh, many months ago, I don't know if any of you were there in a, in a chapel service, I was, at a, I was in a place, I was, I was 
physically, emotionally, completely spent. I went on a prayer retreat. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be at the prayer retreat. An hour into the prayer retreat, I had a revelation. I thought, perhaps I'm at a prayer retreat. Perhaps I could pray. Okay? Just being honest. So I went to the Lord, and this was the full extent of my prayer. This is the honest truth. I said, Lord, I cannot fix my body. I don't feel well. Lord, I cannot fix the circumstances in my extended family that were going on. I can't fix them. Lord, I can't fix these things all around me. Lord, I can't fix anything. And as clear as I know how to hear from the Lord, I heard his voice come back to me and say, well, there is one thing that you can fix. You can fix your eyes on me. Woo! He touched me. Whoa, he touched me. Nothing changed, but everything changed. Stay true. Run true. Run with focus. Now, in order to do that, go back to the Hebrews passage. It says there's a couple things you need to do. First of all, you need to run away from bitterness. Anybody try bitterness? Anybody drunk from that cup? Yeah. Tasty, huh? And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Did you catch the breath of that? If you hold anything against anyone. But Lord, what about this and that person? Anything against I'm sorry, say it with me. Anything against anyone. That's pretty comprehensive. Bitterness is like a hot coal. You hold in your hand and you think you're going to, you think you're hurting the other person and really all you're doing is burning yourself. Bitterness is a poison. It says right here in Hebrews, it's a, it's a poison. It, it defiles many. It's like something... Ever been around bitterness? Who? It just, it's like a, it, it just spreads. Instead, run after peace. So it says in Psalm 34, 14, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Or in Romans 12, 17 and 18, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is it possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You can't control what other people are doing. Oh, man, that, that coworker who just is irritating you, that schoolmate who's driving you nuts, that person sitting across the kitchen table from you. You can't control them. What you do have control over is self-control. How am I going to respond? I'm going to seek and choose and pursue the way of peace rather than bitterness. If you're going to run true, run away from bitterness and run after peace, okay? Run away from worldliness. Now he talks about Esau here. How did Esau get into trouble? Esau got into trouble with the things that men have gotten in trouble with for millennium. Fun food and females, all right? Let's be honest. First John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, 
Love for the Father is not in them, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. We need to run away from worldliness, which is defined here, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. It's not just external behaviors, it's the internal character that Pastor Terry was talking about. What I love about uh, David in Psalm 51, when he says, this is one of my prayers that I have prayed for decades. Lord, teach me wisdom in the hidden places. Truth in the inmost parts. Because the outside can be all dressed up nice, but if the inside, you're just like a whitewashed sepulcher, Jesus said. You can have it all together in the out, but if it's not here in the end, Jesus, change me here, inside out. Run away from worldliness and run towards holiness. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be revealed. The grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed that is coming as obedient children. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but that scares me. When God says, be holy like I'm holy, I say, how? But the word holy here is the same word for sanctified. It's the same word for wholeness. God is holy because he is absolutely who he is in all of his splendor and glory. And holiness for us means being set apart for a purpose and a destiny that God has given to us. I've used this illustration before. I use it again. I don't carry a comb. Anybody carry a comb? Anybody got a comb or a brush? Somebody's got a hairbrush comb. All right. Beautiful. All right. Thank you. Now, here we have a comb. This comb becomes holy when it does what it is called and intended to do. Kenji, you want to help me? Come here, bud. This comb. This comb becomes holy when it goes through hair. Because that's what it was designed to do. It's designed, I don't have a comb because my combs were unholy. They never got used. All right? But holiness is using being... So you, each, me, all of us have a destiny, a calling from God, and our holiness comes when we begin to do what God has called us to do. So let me encourage you today, for all of us, choir as well, holiness is not just about stopping doing certain things. Though... In our cases, that's a vital part of it. But it's when we start to do something. The world is somewhat impressed when we stop doing things that it's doing, but it's even more impressed when we start doing things that it doesn't do. You have a destiny. You have a calling. You have a purpose. Run true into that holiness. All right. Run together. Run together. I love this scripture. This is actually our family verse in the Olson family. 
Our family verse is, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. How can we encourage and strengthen each other? This morning, my wife and I had a momentary disconnect. That's spiritual language, okay? Tracking? Okay. We had a disconnect. And God was very clear with me that there needed to be a reconnect. And there was. Because I had to humble myself and ask forgiveness and step in and step towards and continue to spur with loving good deeds. I just share that because I'm human, just like you are. Okay? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The darker it gets, and it's getting dark. And you guys who are in Teen Challenge, you Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, you know this. You know that you've got to encourage one another, and even all the more, you're meeting together daily to encourage one another because it's hard. But we need to encourage one another to keep on running. Now, at our recent African Leadership Conference, Pastor Justin showed us a priceless video, which I'm going to show you right now. It's very brief. But this is going to give you a picture of what it means to run together. All right. So as soon as we're ready here, are we almost there? All right. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to get a full, full picture. Can we get some sound? Beep, can we get sound? Thank you. That looks great. <laughs> it's better to go together. Take the bus. But isn't that beautiful? What a powerful picture of God, His people coming together to face challenges because we all face those challenges. All right. Our last point this morning is to keep running towards 
the prize. Come back with me to your scripture in in Hebrews chapter 12. Now I have a portion that we haven't put up on the screen, but I'm going to read to you starting in verse 18. Come on. Come with me. Hebrews 12, starting in verse 18. Here's here's where we're going, people. The, The reason we're running tough The reason we're running true, the reason we're running together is because we're going somewhere. We're not just running aimlessly. We've got a prize that we're headed towards. Listen to this. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you, say but me, but me, say but we, but we have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. We're going to Mount Zion, to the heavenly mountain, to the heavenly city, to the city, to thousands upon thousands joined in joyful assembly. So the word to you today is keep running until you get home. Because guess what? You're in this room today, living and breathing. You ain't home yet. You're not home yet. So keep running. Keep running. Keep running. Verse 25. See to it that you do not refuse Him who speaks. Listen to this. This is a warning. If they did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from Him who warns us from heaven? At that time, His voice shook the earth, but now He has promised Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Everything around us is going to be shaken. It's all temporary. It is not eternal. The only thing that will remain is that which is eternal. That is our soul, our spirit, which is breathed into us by God. We are created in His image, it says, back in Genesis. And all of us have this God-shaped hole in our life that can only be filled by the Spirit of the living God. And the Spirit of the living God comes and lives in human beings. Yes, human beings. We heard testimonies this morning of the Spirit of the Lord coming and living in human beings. Human beings who have recognized the reality that they are sinners, that they you know, steering their own bus took them off a cliff. And maybe your cliff isn't as dramatic as theirs. But each of us know the cliffs that we've driven over. And so we acknowledge that we are sinners and we recognize that there is one. And there is an empty cross up here because Jesus Christ spread out His arms and He died. He shed His blood. We have blood that says a better word for us than the blood of Abel. 
It is Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. The new covenant of life, of grace, given through His death upon the cross. His burial and resurrection with victory over sin and death forever. And so we receive Him into our life. And when we accept Him as our Savior, as our Lord, we step into true life and life eternal until we finally get home with Him. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today can be your day of salvation. You can take that step of faith. If you just close your eyes for a moment. If you're here today and you have been encouraged, if you've received the, the testimonies from the choir, the songs that have been sung, the word of the Lord this morning, and your heart is stirred and you realize you may not even know all the answers to the questions you're asking, but you've got a reality within you that says there's something more and I want it. I want this life. I want to run towards this life that they're talking about today. And I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to pray about that. I'd like to hear more about that. Would you just, while people's eyes are closed, would you just lift your hand? If that's you today, and you need life today. You need life today. You need life today. Yeah, you need life. Jesus. Jesus, come with your life today, now. For those that are lifting their hands, Lord, right now, I pray, Jesus, that you would come. You who are the Savior, you who are the healer, you who are the deliverer, you who are our friend, come. Come, Lord, with all of your life. You are the life giver. Come and bring life into lives today. Jesus Christ, our Lord, come with life. Come with your life, Lord. The last word of Hebrews 12 is this. Therefore, there's the therefore again. Therefore, you're keeping running. Since we are receiving, we're in the process of receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. We're receiving the kingdom today. Our God is a consuming fire. And guess what? He will consume everything. Everything that cannot be purified will be consumed. Everything that is not consumed will be purified by His fire. Because he's a consuming fire. I just had the sense today, even as we were preparing back in, actually earlier this week as I was preparing the message, I was just having a sense that there was going to be, that the Lord just wanted us to give a response today of worship. And the word I used to James was, I just, my sense is it's just going to explode in worship today in response to this word. So I just want to invite you to stand to your feet right now. We're going to sing this song. I will give a benediction after this song. If you'd stay with us during this song, and then we're going to continue in worship, and we will continue to worship as long as the Lord keeps us. For those that will need to go after the benediction prayer, you'll be released for sure. But I just sense that some may need to do more with God today. You just want to present yourself to Him. You've heard the word today to keep running. Maybe, maybe you've done what, you know, Pastor Terry was so wise when he talked about there's a wall 
That wall isn't only in adult and teen, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge program. That wall is in life. If, you're running, if you've ever run a marathon, which I never have. I have a daughter who's done it twice. Three, uh, Chicago Marathon. But at about mile 22 of the 26 miles, you hit a wall and you think you're never going to make it. And we all have hit, many of us have hit that wall in life. I've hit that wall more than once. I've face planted into the wall. Maybe you've been at that wall. And today, the word of the Lord to you is keep running. Don't give up. You're not home yet. God's not finished with you yet. There's more that He wants to release into your life and through your life. Whether you're 12 years old or whether you're 82 years old, God's not done yet. There's more. Keep pressing towards Him. So I'm just going to open up this altar if the Lord has just brought something to you today. Choir, congregation, anybody, come. This altar is open. It's designed to be the arms of God. Come, reach out to Him. Come and just kneel before Him. Come and stand before Him. Come and wait before Him today as we sing. Come on. Step out. Step in. Keep running. Hallelujah. You just open your hands right now. To receive the benediction from the Lord today. Just want to acknowledge that tomorrow Kendra Panko leaves for college and Kendra we love you and we bless you in the name of the Lord as you go we just we're with you, your family here now if you just again with hands open Lord Jesus I pray that you would consume us with love for you Because you're so good, your fire is cleansing, your fire is healing, your fire is hope, your fire is life forever. So we willingly walk into the flame today to receive salvation and deliverance and hope, comfort, freedom in Jesus' name. And now may you be filled afresh even this day with the immeasurable love of God the Father, the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, with the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of His favor over your life. And until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I pray that his love and goodness and mercy will chase you down every day of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.